Attention culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, Field Hang 10, watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, Baller, a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't, but we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at desk in the recording booth. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds who met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where every week we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. We'll talk about how our relationship with the film has changed over time, how the film builds on what came before it, and forms our understanding of the Force. Finally, we'll provide you with some recommendations uh, for other materials you may enjoy if you love these movies. This week, we are taking a look into 2019's Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, the conclusion of the Skywalker saga and the sequel trilogy. So, you guys ready for a full memory wipe? Nah, I'm just kidding. You'll just get it restored a couple minutes later. How would I die and then somehow mysteriously come back? Like, there can were I go two shuttles. read my book? There were two shuttles. Like, uh, One hour, there were two shuttles. <laughs> all I can say about this is, uh, mm-hmm. Seriously, right. I can be reading about Thrawn right now, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this movie was widely released on December 10th, 2019. It was actually pushed back from May that year. Uh, it was directed by J.J. J. Abrams back from The Force Awakens, written by J.J. Abrams and Chris Turrio. It grossed $515.2 million domestic, $558.9 million overseas, for a total box office gross of $1.074 billion. So it still crossed the billion-dollar mark mm-hmm. on a budget of about $275 million. Nothing to sneeze at. But let's all remember that Force Awakens crossed that $2 billion mark. And to date, this is the lowest rated live action Star Wars movie. And I think we'll probably get into why we think that is. Even below Solo? Yes. Wow. At least according to Wikipedia. Rotten Tomatoes one, too. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we think of this movie? Has our relationship with it changed? I don't know if we could even say that. This movie is officially less than two years old, which is the most mind-boggling statement I think I've ever said on this podcast. This movie is Mm -hmm. not even two years old. (laughs) Oh my God. Feels like a lie. (laughs) It really does. It feels like three years ago or so. It Mm -hmm. feels like five or six. Like, what is going on? We've all blipped. We've all blipped with the COVID (laughs) blip. And it's five years. (laughs) But I'll say this. I remember the hype around this movie. I mean, 
everybody was ready for it. Whether or not you loved or hated Last Jedi, it was like, no, we are here for the conclusion of the Skywalker saga. And I saw this movie for the first time in the theater and it comes up and it ends. And all I can think to myself is, huh, that was fun, I guess. (laughs) And it kind of hasn't really changed that much in my mind beyond that. Again, probably that is that it really has been not even two years, but I think this movie is riddled with problems. Like there are so many things going on here that just don't make sense. But I think a lot of that, not necessarily a lot of those are from within the movie itself. A lot of them just stem from the lack of cohesion between the sequel trilogy. But Mm -hmm. I think we'll get into a lot of those a little bit later on. What about you guys? Yeah, okay. (laughs) I really enjoyed the movie as a theater experience. I was super hyped. My friends were super hyped. I cried when Han Solo showed up, guys. I was a freaking mess. Cried again when Leia died. It's just, yeah. I embraced the spectacle of it. I even saw it twice in theaters in December. And then I didn't watch it again until right now. (laughs) (laughs) I still like it because it's Star Wars, but there are so many issues in the movie. It should have been two movies, really, to get as much out of it as they seemed like they wanted to get. Like, more character work could have been done in movie one, and then bombastic conclusion, movie two, that I would have been fine with that. Just make it a a quadrilogy. It's fine. Since this was supposed to be Leia's movie two, I think it hurts to not see her for most of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, we had Han Solo, Force Awakens. We had Luke, Last Jedi. This was supposed to be Carrie's. And we miss you, Carrie, so much in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, so I was hyped in the lead up to this movie. Like I I left Last Jedi feeling excited for the future. I was so excited to see how they were going to end this. And then that first trailer comes out and it looks pretty exciting. And then you hear the Emperor's laugh at the end of the trailer. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to work. It's going to be fine. Um when I went and saw the movie the first time, I was really drunk at that midnight <laughs> showing. Um, thank goodness that, this, uh, that Uber was around because Uber, we love you. Uh, well, not Uber, we love I you. I was drinking, um, but I was yeah. not drunk yet. <laughs> oh, I was, I was drunk in that theater and I felt so happy watching this movie. I thought it was amazing mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. time I watched it. And like, I got emotional too at, at several moments. And then... Like when I was thinking about it the next day, I was like, wait, I, I probably need to re-see, I need to rewatch this. So I go and see it again and I'm like, wait a second, I'm seeing all the holes here. And the oh, no, more and more I thought sober. about it. Yeah. The more and more you think about it, you're like, what the fuck was this movie? I, yeah. So like the very opening crawl, the dead speak, that's, that's how we're going to do this. We're not even going to get Palpatine's message. It's going to be in a Fortnite event. A video game is how we're going to give our whole introduce the Emperor back into Star Wars. Just there's there's so many forgettable beats to this. I remember I was left the theater buzzing about this movie. And now every time I think about it, like it's more and more forgettable. There's certain chunks I remember and then whole stretches of the movie that just fall flat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. So you guys have seen, I've been pretty positive about 
most of the Star Wars movies, even if I don't think they're good. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to vent more. <laughs> don't worry, you'll get your chance. But before we get mm-hmm. to that, let's get into some of the some of our favorite things about this movie, starting with our favorite ships. And I'm going to start out. Those Sith Star Destroyers are pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the, I believe it's pronounced Zystan. Zystan, Zystan, something, <laughs> class destroyers <laughs> from Exegol, each equipped with planet-killing lasers, because sure, actually found out today with the release of Darth Vader 11, the comic, I saw some headlines on this, that Exegol apparently does have a giant kyber mine, which is what they use to power all of those planet killers. Also, <laughs> apparently Vader knew about Exegol and this whole thing, so which he did have the Wayfinder, so maybe that does make a little sense, but eh, still a little Wayfinder. retcons about retcons. <laughs> maybe speak up. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe like, when you're, you're sitting ghost, on dude. Endor as a Force ghost, be like, by the way, this isn't over. Yeah. Though though, I will say the concept of Exegol is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that can be the statement of the movie. Yeah, the concept the was concept cool. The concept was cool, guys. <laughs> But anyway, I also, I was really into those desert speeders. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. things, they were kind of like these, almost like um, sail ships. Yeah. They looked like, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, like boats going across there. The sequence itself, I was kind of hit or miss on, but the ships, those speeders looked super cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know my affection for all things ships. So yeah, they're fun. I like them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're at least something new and different looking. Right. Yeah. And it looked like they belonged on that planet. Yes. Exactly. Helpful. Oh, Luke's X-Wing. Oh, nostalgia bomb. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun to see that and to see Luke raise it as a ghost. Like, good job, Luke. Right. Great. Even with his, like, his hand wasn't, like, his yeah. fingers weren't spread out. They were, like, chunked yeah. together like Yoda's, like, mini hand was. Yep. I loved it. I love the fact that luke even though he thought he was an exile sunk the x-wing but didn't destroy it mm-hmm. so he kept an out for himself in case he did go back which i i liked that detail from the last jedi and then getting to see ray fly it here was really really great yeah that was a cool connection right there though that cockpit probably smelled so bad oh yeah and it was so really wet bad. yeah 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 i mean isn't there going to be a problem when you go into deep space and it's freaking freezing oh no i didn't even think of that environmental controls that survive sure (laughs) (laughs) everything's fine don't look behind the curtain the wizard is real exactly oh man well we also need to talk real quick uh kylo's special fighter the tie silencer it's just that thing is so So cool cool. (laughs) i it made me so sad when Ray destroyed it. I'm like, no, don't. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Although then you get to see the X Wing and the TIE Fighter next to each other on X yeah. which is cool. Like, all yeah. right, I understand. <laughs> but mm-hmm. still, yeah. Why did you destroy his ride? I'm still and making the- payments on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she already destroyed the one he was making payments on. So he had to get yeah, another true, one. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> No wonder he dies. Yeah. 
escape then, my crippling auto debt. <laughs> not going into not going into full detail on all of them, but just highlighting a couple mm. of the ships that I know we see during that final battle. We see the ghost. We see A wings. Yes. We see B wings. We see Y wings. Mm-hmm. Was we the Colossus see... there from Resistance? I don't remember I if it was on the, screen. But uh, I, think they were there. I don't sure if the Colossus was there. I know a couple of the Ace fight the Ace fighters were okay. there though. I'm not gonna lie, guys. The entire time I was just watching for the ghost. <laughs> And you yeah. saw it. And I saw it. <laughs> All right, Colleen, why don't you take us into uh, some of our favorite aliens? Yes, aliens and droids. My favorite. I do love Babu Frick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's so cool. So adorable. I mean, you know Star Wars is going to give us the cute and cuddlies. And Babu Frick was the breakout star of this movie. He is yeah, an Anselin male. Amazing. I love him. Every part of him. But he's played by the legendary Shirley Henderson, Moaning Myrtle herself. What? Love it. Yep. Yes. That's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> yep. She's in Star Wars and Harry Potter. Mm. This ador- adorable droid smith is stationed on Kajimi, where he's helping Zori's spice running crew. And Poe obviously knows him as well. Now, this next one I have to do in our <laughs> Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor's honor. Uh, she was supposed to be with us tonight, but unfortunately, she just uh, couldn't make it. The Defender of Droids. Guys, we get Dio. <laughs> and Dio is just one of the most adorable <laughs> little droids Precious. ever. He's instantly just like, friend? No, thank friend? you. <laughs> yeah, he's so polite. He's so polite. Yeah, no, thank you. No, yeah, thank, no you. thank you. Like, instead of saying, don't fucking touch me, he says, no, thank you. <laughs> And Ray's respectful of that. She's like, oh, okay, yeah. he must have been abused. I'm going to take this easy. And then yeah. he makes friends. And of course, because this is Star Wars, the droids got the intel. The droid knows mm-hmm. everything you need to know. Yep. And they always come through and end up saving the day. Mm-hmm. Hey, that yep. Sith douchebag was trying to take me through <laughs> space. I'll tell you where to go. Exactly. Uh, Readily. You're my friends now. Yeah, yeah. and he misses his friends. Exactly, he does. And 3PO and R2 and... R2 he gets shafted in this movie. A little bit of time here, yeah. but yeah, they don't get a ton. And 3PO's entire situation, I have a feeling we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. In Unbearables. <laughs> so I'll move on to the next one. This is the Vexus. <laughs> Gotta love a snake monster, you guys. But he's not trying to kill anybody. It's great. Does he this have a name? Is, Vexus is what he's called. Well, that's his species, is the Vexus. Great name yeah. for a snake. He's very vexing, you guys. This guy is native to the desert planet Pasana, and he just like chills, hangs out underground. The creature was a practical effect, so it could interact realistically with the actors in the set. Wow, what a concept. I know. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like the prequels mm. never happened. <laughs> oh, the prequels. The prequels did have props and sets, you guys, but for a lot of it, no, it they was didn't. CG. I mean, they had some for like, I mean wide shots they had green they had green mats (laughs) and green like things to throw at people (laughs) it was a digital model digital models yes props to ray though for sensing that the vexus guy was only in pain and that he just needs some healing this is like that big will smith and men in black energy like no no i can't shoot that guy he was holding the tissue he's just got a cold <laughs> no, we can't just shoot the snake and pose like I'm gonna shoot the snake. Like, don't no. Leave the snake be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let him be. He's just he's a nice he's dude. Dumb. He just he goes away at the end. Oh man. Well, I like Claude the Trotta the Trotatome, <laughs> excuse me. He's that slug character from the very beginning. 
I don't, I can't explain to you why I like him. He's just, he entertains me and he just sliding around the, the Falcon like that was so goofy. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay. You've, you've earned your few moments here. I, I like you, bud. I, I could have done with more of him on the ship. Yeah, I think he would have made, he was a cool guy to introduce at the beginning and then they just like never see or mention him again. Before we move on to our next segment, we'd like to take a moment to tell you about Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain staring at digital screens all the time and exposing yourself to too much blue light? Baxter Blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of the glare. This past year, we've all been glued to our devices more than ever. So I need new glasses. I've been getting headaches from work staring at screens all day. Just had to take some time and all before this recording because it's rough. And luckily, Anders has been telling me about his blue light glasses. He told me how the headaches went away within a few days. So perfect timing because I'm going to have to get myself a pair. Never going back. (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. Like, so glad you mentioned these. (laughs) Our exposure to digital light has soared. Like, come on. We all see how much we use our phones and computers. And our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also determined to be a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses to someone in need for every pair sold, which is awesome. Uh, So this eyewear is built for our digital age, and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. So click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you'll love your Baxters, and we know that you'll feel the difference. We'd also like to tell you about our new partnership with Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help you with your website or WordPress site? Or maybe you need someone to help write expert articles and blogs for that website. Or maybe an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the show notes to get started. Please note, yet another Star Wars podcast is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of yet another Star Wars podcast, and we appreciate your continued support. All right, so moving into our untouchables and unbearables, what in this movie is perfect? (laughs) and what just doesn't quite work okay i do actually want to start out here on a positive note Mm -hmm. and i will say on this rewatch i noticed the first about 30 minutes of this movie is pretty solid everything up until they find the dagger we're moving along at a good pace i might Mm -hmm. not 100 percent agree with some of your storytelling choices or some of the plot points but we're rolling with it it's we're going good then they find the dagger and everything just goes off the rails Mm -hmm. and no idea yeah. we're meandering around we're going on random side quests yes Flo, i can recognize a side quest when i see one <laughs> so many in this movie <laughs> so many weird revelations that don't make sense okay fine then we get to the end and i will say i love that last aerial battle where yes. all those ships turn up it is really really great to see and i will say this i will defend it as not a rehash of the end game final battle which was just earlier that year that was in like the spring i think that was in april end game came out mm-hmm. and then this was december 
this is not the on your lefts where all the heroes come out of the portals. That would be the charge of the Rohirrim. <laughs> yes. This is the moment that I wanted in the final Harry Potter movie that we didn't mm-hmm. get, where all the villagers in Hogsmeade, Charlie Weasley yes. and Slughorn at the front come over the yeah. edge and they've just got the ordinary people who have yeah. decided to get up and fight. And then Creature comes out with the house yes. elves and starts kicking elves. major ass. And we didn't get that mm. moment. So we finally get it here where it is the ordinary people and it's cheesy. And the fact that Lando managed to rally this many people in such a short span of time is absolutely ludicrous. But you know what? I don't care. I believe it's in Lando awesome. though. <laughs> I totally believe in Lando's power of persuasion. <laughs> yes. Moving into a couple of unbearables. Now, I said previously, I was a little upset that Gwendolyn Christie was Phasma and we never get to see her face outside the helmet. But I was willing to forgive that because for Phasma, that totally makes sense as the stormtrooper. And also she looks so badass in that anyway. But in this movie, you cast Carrie Russell in a role in a Star Wars movie and never actually show her face. This is an injustice that I will not let stand. We are not animals, people. We live in a society. Damn it. <laughs> what is wrong with you, JJ? Oh, <laughs> I was floored by this choice. Not showing Carrie Russell's hair is an international crime. Like Interpol was called for this. <laughs> I am sorry if you cast Carrie Russell and you don't show her hair. She just did how many years on the Americans serving wig after wig after mm-hmm. wig. Mama can serve a look and you hide her under that helmet. You should yeah. be ashamed of yourself, JJ. And not even a cute helmet. Not even a no. cute helmet. Though the outfit like, is kind of cute. I was yeah, so excited good. for Carrie Russell to be in this movie. And then I'm like, wait, that was it? What, right? what the mm-hmm. is going on? All right, this next one mm-hmm. is very, very small, but it has bothered me ever since I saw this movie for the first time. The line, somehow, Palpatine returned. The word returned there just like sounds so weird to me. Like if Poe had said somehow Palpatine's back or Palpatine's come back, I feel like I would have bought into the storyline so much more. But the fact that he uses the word returned, which I'm pretty sure no one ever uses in real conversation, makes me- I have returned. (laughs) Yes, I have returned. No, no, you haven't. You came back. Then onto the very, very end of the film. Like I said, I like the final battle, but then we get to the very end. And Leia, as far as the films are concerned, I'm not sure what ultimate material there is out there in other things, has only been on Tatooine once. And that was when she was being held as Jabba the Hutt's sex slave. Why are you burying her lightsaber there? Why? Luke wasn't exactly fond of the place either, so why are we burying the other one? Why is that the final resting place of these two? Like, I just don't get it. I feel so horrible (laughs) that my first thought was, I mean, I don't know, bury hers on Alderaan, and then I was like, oh. Oh. (laughs) Right. Right. Shoot. (laughs) That is true. And then she also spent a lot of time on Hosnian Prime. And uh, unfortunately, yeah. that's not there anymore either. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was the only option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could have come up with a better place. Next up, Finn identifies Endor. When they first say that they have to go to Endor, he says, oh, the place where the last war ended. 
Ray grew up on Jakku, where the last war ended. That's where you met her. You flew through the wreckage of a Star Destroyer with her. You were a stormtrooper. You know about the end of the Empire. That is not where the war ended. <laughs> where was anyone to tell them that this breaks canon that right. has already been established? That you helped establish. JJ established this with yes. putting Grey on Jakku. I can see, yes. yeah, like none of the main trio would say this because they would all know that that's erroneous. Yes. Like maybe Ray would say it because she might not have known exactly what happened, but Finn and Poe would know and Finn yeah. definitely would know. Finn easily could have just said where the second Death Star was destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Problem solved. Died. <laughs> all right, Colleen, why don't you uh, take us next? All right, here we go. <laughs> okay untouchables i love the line there are more of us it was kind of this it felt like a rallying cry to people at the end of 2019 and it was just wonderful to see and in this kind of movie it's very clear cut like who the bad guy is and who the good guy is so i'm sure everybody who saw this movie took this line to be themselves and that the people that they are with are the good guys there are more of us we will win blah 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 but in this instance, it's like, yes, good can triumph over evil, even if evil keeps coming back for more and coming back for more. There's it's always going cycle. to be more good people, right? Yeah. People in general are going to be good and fight back against evil. Cross our fingers, hopefully. This one, Ray calling Leia master. You're mm. damn right. She's <laughs> yeah. a master. Mm. Seeing young Leia training with Luke was also incredible. Mm -hmm. that here for him kicking his ass love it absolutely i also love the fact that they got billy lord obviously carrie fisher's daughter who plays lieutenant connix to be the body double for young leia in those in those sequences uh they used return of the jedi luke and leia images as their like template to superimpose the faces and that looked yeah. pretty good i thought that yeah Overall, that looked really good. The effects muster, and maybe because they were wearing like helmets. The the helmets and being in the dark makes it like you're yeah you accept it a lot easier that way. Mm -hmm. They look just like them. I was like, okay, fine, I accept this. And Leia looks yeah great. yeah. It's a great scene. It oh, that might be one of my favorite scenes from the movie. Now that I really think yeah, about it. <laughs> just like this blink and you'll miss it scene, but it's so good. Right, I yeah. love that Hux is the spy <laughs> <laughs> and that it's only because he's a petty little bitch and doesn't care about anything but Kylo's downfall. Like, yes. He's like, I don't care about you or your rebellion. <laughs> I just can't see Kylo win and win again and keep winning. <laughs> so, so petty. I'm here for it. I do wish we'd gotten more of the power struggle between him and Kylo. Because here it yeah. just seems like yeah. he's been pushed to the side and Kylo's automatically in charge. Like, I want to see them, like, push-pull back against each other. That would have been so fun. Yeah, they have those, they have, like, the whole generals meeting yeah. or whatever. And you realize, mm -hmm. like, Hux, who has been positioned as the main guy for yeah. two whole movies, is actually somewhat more junior yeah. Despite the fact that he was, you know, on top of Starkiller Base, quite literally. Right. Yeah, that's it's weird yeah. that he's been relegated to this lower position. Much I mean, he, he has racked up that. the L's. That's true. He really Yeah. Has. Although he's not the one that like fired all of their weapons into a mirage. 
I mean, let's I mean, waste all of our ordinance on shooting at this Luke Skywalker. Person. He thought they got him. <laughs> he did think that they got him. I wanted more of that, Hux, like giving mm-hmm. that guy. I did like the Pasana Festival. It was a cool addition mm-hmm. to the galaxy. Great to show there are other cultures out there and how open and accepting the people were. Like that woman just came up to Ray and gave her the beads and was like, welcome yeah. to Space Mardi Gras. What's your name? This is fantastic. And then her her interaction with the little kid was mm-hmm. really sweet too. Yes, really, really sweet. Could have yeah. used a little bit more of that as well. Right. Lightsaber pass between Ben and Ray. Absolute perfection. Zero notes. Wonderful. Here for it. This part, one of my parts where I cried in the theater, y'all, is hearing Freddie Prince Jr. and Ashley Eckstein's voices for the past Jedi, yeah. sobbing for Kane and Jaros and Ahsoka freaking Tano. Yeah, please. maybe she's not dead. Like they yeah, said. I'm hoping she's not dead. Please, please, please don't please be. No, please oh. no. I hope she just got like a beep or a page, and Yoda was like, "Yo, just throw your voice in here for, <laughs> for a hot second. Let me just force time in. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta uh, loop into the call, guys. I need to join the <laughs> Zoom. What's happening? Didn't hear Ezra Bridger's voice, so that's either a good or a bad sign. Also, my last one that I liked was Leia giving or at least pushing herself, her force self towards Ben and trying to get his attention, get him to turn away. Being there, kind of her life force is helping support him live also because her body disappears only when Ben's does. So it's like they're they're connected some way. I don't Hmm. know exactly how, they don't explain it, of course. I'm not gonna lie, up until this rewatch, like. I've only rewatched this movie a couple of times. And mm-hmm. as I was thinking about it, I, I totally had the sequence of events wrong in my head. I did too. I thought, when I rewatched I thought, it, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, so she <laughs> dies before Han shows up. Like I was pretty mm-hmm. damn sure that like she was force projecting Han's image mm-hmm. to Ben. But then I'm like, no, she died first. Huh? Yeah. I got no idea what's going on now. No. All I can think is that she injected some of her spirit into him mm-hmm. and was keeping him up and going and alive until he gave all of his life force and his borrowed mother's life force to Ray. Like he gave everything to Ray. Like I said, he lives for like five minutes. No. <laughs> ben lives for like five, five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the idea of passing the torch to the next generation. And I think they meant for Harrison's moment here to be Leia. Yeah, like I think so. Definitely, this Carrie was supposed to be Carrie Fisher. Because Harrison Ford was like, "No, I'm not coming back for more guys. You killed me. I'm done." And then he showed up in this movie. I'm like, he only did this because Carrie Fisher was one of his friends. Yeah, like there's no reason otherwise he would do it. If it had been her though, I would have been like needing a bucket for my tears. <laughs> <laughs> this would have been all over, guys. What I don't like is that Ben just dies. <laughs> Come on, we need to see the Star Wars Nuremberg trials. Please give it to us, you cowards. But let Ben live, even if it had to be through like a trial or something. We don't get to see anyone atoning for their crimes in Star Wars movies. We don't. It would have been epic to finally get that. I would have loved to have seen like at the end, Ben being like, well, crap, I'm stuck in jail. I got to go and face my crimes now. And Ray's like, all right, bye. I'm going to (laughs) go to Tatooine, I guess, and bury these lightsabers. Another unbearable snap wax dying no jj bad 
Wedge show up and Wedge is like his stepdad at this point in the books. So then yeah. Wedge shows up, Snap is dead. They're all celebrating and freaking Nora Wexley and Wedge are going to be on that planet like her son is dead. While we're at it, you had Snap for three movies <sighs> well, and didn't there's... give me Mr. Bones. <laughs> well, they can't. <laughs> there's my yes, they uh, can. Damn the it. episode. <laughs> Mr. Bones. <laughs> I oh. also love Mr. Bones. Couldn't we have just gotten like his head or something? Like snap. Exactly. Like, Look, he, he like puts himself Bones. back together all the time. That's true. I would have loved to have seen Mr. Bones and hear the voice work for that. But nope, Snap gets to die. Apparently leaving behind his wife, his mother, and his stepfather. Mm, <laughs> great. Thanks. There's my Shaking. sad for the episode. Sorry, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, There's gotta be I one. knew it was here. I knew it was going to be somewhere here. My last and probably most unbearable is Palpatine actually being Palpatine. It's a clone, mm-hmm. sure, so it's not really him per se, but it would have been so much cooler if it was all fake, if it was like a ruse, if somebody else was pulling the strings. Also, not getting, you mentioned this, Daniel, Palpy's I'm back bitches speech in the movie. We didn't get, like, oh, my oh i was so furious i was waiting in the theater for it to happen i'm like they're gonna tell us the speech right nope we no no i listened to it like on youtube and it's mm-hmm. perfect in mcdermott like yeah. camp palpatine mm-hmm. the sith will rule the galaxy like it's perfect and you don't put that like minute 30 bit into the movie mm-hmm. yep, i was I okay with it as a concept honestly i was okay not getting it in the movie like I was okay I mean, being put it's right into be... the action. I do and... like Emilia Rez, but they could have done like that with his speech and have people like fighting and listening to them be like, holy shit. Yeah, people Palpatine. reacting to it across the galaxy to open it could have been crazy. Could've Definitely well, could have. No, yeah. I'm not saying that that wouldn't have been great, but I was honestly yeah. okay with it. Maybe because they put it on Fortnite. Maybe if it never existed in the first I had never heard it up until yeah, this exact moment. I had never heard it. You've never I don't heard play, it? I don't play Fortnite. Oh, I, oh yeah, I no, I had to, to go on onto YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. once I heard that they actually did it. And actually, and then, the, from ugh. what you guys are talking about, this is another one of my random unbearables from <laughs> Star Wars. Not really explaining things. If he's saying the Sith will rule the galaxy, who actually knew he was a Sith? Seriously, he was pretty cagey about that with the galaxy right. as a whole. Right. Maybe this is his just like coming out party. This is his, the Sith are coming up, guys. This I is mean, our debutante call. People don't remember Sith what the Sith are. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, they, they literally call it the Sith fleet in this though. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah that there's like the secrets Sith only the Sith right. knew. How do you know what the Sith are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dominic Monaghan, how do you know? I mean, I <laughs> can kind of see Luke He serves Star Jar Jar. widespread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the Jedi part, I get if Luke was talking about it. Yeah. But being like, oh yeah, watch out for the Sith. Oh wait, I killed them all. Oh wait, no, I didn't. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fine. And then lastly, Ray being a Palpatine just now. No. They're trying to make it this kind of epic family versus family thing, which fine. But it's been done. It's really tired. I groaned mm-hmm. in the theater when they did this reveal. I was I was the whole time I'm like, please no. Please no. Please no. Let her be just no one. And then they said, Yeah, Palpatine. I'm like, God damn it. Yep. And that whole thing was just like, I remember in the theater because they're building to it and you're like, oh God, this, you're right. You mm-hmm. see it coming. Like yeah. everyone coming. sees this coming. Yeah. The one possible thing I can defend that point, and I'm not really defending that point, but it does finally do some kind of a payoff for Kylo in Force Awakens. It is you. 
like Ray has to be someone that is known in some circle. Mm-hmm. That it does, at least yeah. it at least pays that off. JJ's like, remember that That's line fair. I had from the first movie? We're gonna we're gonna do that now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but Daniel, how about you? So I will I will be nice to start. I actually do enjoy the duels between uh, Ray and Kylo. Mm-hmm. The intensity of their fight in the wreckage, where they're just giving it their all, and Ray is heated when she starts. Like she's seething with rage, and she's flinging herself at him. I think that's really really fun to watch. Uh, also, I just love when they're stopping the lightsaber blades with their hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That like, it's just really cool, and then seeing them just get tired because they're giving it their all. It's a uh, yeah, it, it's fun. I really enjoy it. Plus the imagination of the force time duel is is yeah. really fun. Like I thought that was a cool set piece. Um, though I am gonna dip into negativity for a second. Kylo doesn't know that Ray's in his quarters until she knocks the Darth Vader helmet down. But the entire time you can see she's holding the knife which she got from his quarters. He's focused Kylo. on the lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, she swings the knife at him and he dodges it. He knows that she has it. <laughs> I love that he tells all the stormtroopers, there's a girl in my room, guys. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, Okay. sorry. Let me get back to the nice things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's shot very well. It it looks great. Mm -hmm. Um, JJ, I'm fine with you directing things, maybe not writing them. Um, I I really enjoy C-3PO's performance in this movie, Mm -hmm. not his story arc. I want to make sure I make that clear from the start. Mm-hmm. His quips and his jokes in this are spot on. Like I really enjoy C-3PO as a humor bit in this movie, though I don't like how they play his mind wipe for humor. No. That yeah. bothers me a lot. His whole thing during the uh when they show up at the festival of the ancestors and they like Hilarious. they like slowly turn and look at him and yeah. then he turns around like is anyone else here? <laughs> yeah. He's He's great in this. So I enjoy C-3PO. Uh, And the primate armor. Mm. The primate armor who fixes Kylo's mask. Why is he only in one scene? How dare you? I want more apes in sci-fi. I I don't understand why this is something I want so bad. But give me primates in space. Like that's, I want that. And then they didn't didn't show him ever again. Just rude, JJ. (laughs) Um, yeah, Babu Frick, amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Allegiant General Pride. I'm so glad they brought Richard E. Grant in. He is that perfect old school Imperial. Um, as much as I don't care for the Palpatine stuff, the like, I'll serve you now as I served you in the old wars and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's like, okay, damn, you're, you're a hardcore guy. You've been about this for a while. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing that. And he reminded me of um, Captain Kennedy from the last movie that mm-hmm. kind of old school imperial i wanted a bit of this in there um so richard e grant whenever he's on screen i'm like okay great casting especially following up from his turn as a villain in logan mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. x-men movie yeah give us more of him right. please i love so when he just shoots delight. hugs um, yes <laughs> yes yes found the he's spy. Like, tell them we found the spy perfect like give me more of that he's perfect um yeah, and so there are some fun moments, like you said. The space battles are enjoyable. Um, not perhaps the ground battles that's happening at the same time. Um, but yeah, okay. Let me... I thought that was pretty good. I, li- I liked the the concept of 
of doing a grand assault on the star destroyer that was a no, little no, bit no, no, innovative. No. It was cool. I okay. like that. I like that. I'm okay. talking. Oh, about, you're talking about the. Uh, okay. I'm talking about anything to do with Palpatine. Okay. Mm. Or freaking uh, Kylo being mysteriously on Mustafar, even though they didn't tell us that's where he was. I mean, <laughs> just exposition. Give us a little oh, bit man. of exposition. Don't be heavy-handed, but give us something. I didn't uh, know Mustafar had trees. Right. So apparently, uh, Mustafar has like ever since the fall of the Emperor, it started to be like growing back a little bit like the mm. the planet's fixing itself a bit and Not then anymore. kylo <laughs> slaughters the people that are tending the planet so before i go just on to like full-on <laughs> hating on this movie uh i i do want to talk about leia and i, I mm. want to see you guys opinions on this it it really doesn't work for me in this movie having her there um i think it's because we knew that Carrie didn't really record those scenes for this movie. It was just recycled bits from, from force awakens and last Jedi. You can kind of see where they stitch things together mm -hmm. and it, it just makes me uncomfortable because you know that it's not really that it, it, it is her, but it's not in a way. And it's just, it, it doesn't feel right. And I know that you couldn't just kill Leia off screen and be like, Oh, sorry, we got to deal with it. Um, cause that's just, you, you can't do that to Leia Organa, like that you can't do that to such a beloved character. So I don't really know what you were supposed to do with her. Um, uh, but I just, it, I have a hard time with the Leia scenes in this movie. Cause I just, I think about Carrie too much in them. Mm -hmm. Um, though her sacrifice scene every time I I'll never fail to tear up at that though, because I love the sentiment behind it that like, she will constantly I, just something about a mother's love like that that's really touching and then just also seeing her go on screen is is emotional to watch so yeah i i completely agree with you you can totally you can tell because she's saying like one word lines and everyone's yeah. kind of talking around her and that feels really choppy I will give them credit. Visually, it works. Like, yes, she does appear like she's right there. Yeah, and yeah. and that works. It, it's choppy, but I think I still come down on the decision. I like the decision they made because I didn't. I wouldn't want them to create new footage, trying to just like straight up CG her. Mm -hmm. I don't think yeah. that would have worked. Yeah, I wouldn't. The have only wanted other. That possible thing that could have worked and i mean i know this sounds a bit rich considering how much we're criticizing the story here but i don't know what it would have done to the story of the whole movie if like if you open on leia's funeral if that's the movie yeah. opener and it's this big grand <laughs> send-off for leia she succumbed to her injuries from last jedi and now she's gone that, that's the only think... thing that might work but I that don't know been what it would hard. do to the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah, or if like the movie opened on like some grand sacrifice by Leia. I mean, yeah. either way, that just would have been rough for the fans. Exactly. So I, I think, think it's. Yeah. Uh, I would it's feel so easier. cheated, like even though yeah. intellectually I know Carrie yeah. Fisher has been gone since before Last Jedi premiered. I would feel yeah. so right. cheated if she died off screen. Same. Yeah, I would have been it, like. It would really. Mm. Mm -mm. it's yeah. a it's it there was no really great answer here i think no, they landed no on wins. the best yeah. possible one yeah. yeah for what they could do they yeah did. 
and it was still good to see her. I, yeah. I would have been devastated if she had died off screen. I would have yeah. been, she's my favorite character, so I would have been pissed, first of all. Even though in the back of your head, like you said, you know she's gone. She can't right. film the scenes. There's almost no way to get around it, which is too bad also for Rose Tico's plot because she's supposed to be with Leia. Right. So then we yeah. also get another female character whose arc gets sacrificed. Ugh. It's very infuriating. But yeah, yeah, her moment where she dies is incredible. Yeah, very affecting. We love you, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. On that note, I uh, <laughs> I need to be mean to this movie. <laughs> Daniel's turned around. Buckle in, oh, folks. <laughs> okay. Like we're we're really bringing Palpy back. Really, mm-hmm. there is zero setup to this. Okay, you want us to just believe that he's been out on this planet that no one's heard of for eight movies or any extended universe, or any canon extended material. Okay, so he's been out there this whole time with zero setup. He also has, like, a cadre of, like, 30,000 people in an arena who's his, like, special Sith cult, and they've been just making babies and building Star Destroyers. Excuse me, that's my alarm to go hate on this movie. Um, (laughs) So, we're going to do all this and just throw this at you. Okay, Uh, You have not earned this at all. Like, at all. You want me to believe that Palpy is a clone. Okay, why didn't we bring this across any of the movies? Okay, uh, you just say, oh, here's Snoke in a vat. We're not even really going to mention him. Just, oh, I've been been his voice. What are we doing? Talk about something. Like, you just say, oh, no, he's come back. Dark secrets, only the Sith know. Give us something we want to know. It's just, it makes no sense to me. If we're going to do a clone plot, I don't know, make Ray be like the only viable clone that's left. And that's why he wants her so bad because he's going to take over her body and he's trying to use Kylo to get to her. And then he's going to throw Kylo away like the Sith always do. I don't know. That sounds more entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. Or I, Palpy be the most corrupted, disembodied spirit and he's clinging to existence through dark rituals that like his Sith cultists have got him out there. Mm-hmm. Do that instead of just like this weird zombie clone hanging <laughs> off from the rafters and he's just uh come here and kill me so i can give you my empire but why palpatine had his own rule of one he doesn't want to give away his power or his knowledge or his empire why would he just be like kylo come kill me oh actually ray you're here come kill me come on i just want to give this sith knowledge away so bad because that's what my character's been I'm like what are we doing like he why would he say i will give you all my knowledge to kylo like you didn't give vader anything like i get it you're trying to make kylo your servant in that moment (laughs) but like come on i was was gonna say i think he's he's definitely lying to kylo he's a hundred percent yeah but then he also wants ray to kill him at the end I think yeah, he but wants does his he really to infect her? Like, I think he thinks he's more powerful than her, so he can take over. But yeah. they don't explain it very well. Exactly, because there's yes, no, explanation no explanation for anything. No, we just have to like. There's come not up even with a tell. There's no show. Theories. There's no tell. There's nothing. <laughs> right, like, if you're going to go with this story, give us the story. Like, what are we doing? I just. Uh, 
and I just, oh my God, what are we doing? I, I need to focus myself. <laughs> Refocus. I'll say, um, well, just, you yeah. collect yourself for a second. I will say this, like I said it earlier, I'm not opposed to Palpatine coming back as a concept, mm-hmm. right? I knew that this was a thing from Legends canon that like cloning, essence transfer, all this stuff mm-hmm. is available to us. So if you want to bring him back and have that be the thing and have that be one of his many backup plans that Sheev always seemed to have, mm-hmm. like I, I was here for it. And that was why, like I said, the first like 20, 30 minutes of this movie, I'm I'm willing to buy in. Yeah. I may not 100% agree, but I'm willing to buy in. Like we're just mm-hmm. going to go with it. Cool. And we're there. Mm-hmm. But then then like you said like they only half go there like mm-hmm. we don't we don't find out anything useful other than again a line from random side character cloning secrets only the sith knew right. uh do you forget about camino oh my gosh so let me uh let me interject back in ray being a palpatine mm. is also something that drives me insane mm. There is something good in there about the idea of struggling against the dark inside you, about uh, throwing off like the expectations of your family name and forging your own path. That's an interesting concept. But having just like thrown that at us in this last movie and totally going away with what we learned in Last Jedi, that she's no one, that she just was chosen by the force. She rose up. She's just someone who found a way to have her place in this story. I love the idea of just a no one being able to stand up and, and take her place in the galaxy mm-hmm. and to just throw that off and be like, Nope, you're from another famous bloodline. It's just like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Had this been seated across the three movies, maybe like you could have had that interesting themes about struggling against the dark side inside you or struggling against your family name, but no, we just really wasted in this. I, it really, it sucks because it's an interesting concept and we don't really go anywhere with it. Mm -hmm. And then I honestly did not want to have Kylo redeemed. Mm -hmm. That was not Mm -hmm. something that I personally wanted, but I will be nice again for a second. I do like the Han scene. I know he's not a force ghost. Kylo just says you're a memory, Mm -hmm. but there is something kind of nice where it's like, he finally he's reliving that moment with his father and he's making the choice that he wish he had made all the way back then. And like, I buy that moment from Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. And And Greg was killing it in that scene. Like he's very good there. Yeah. That is a well acted scene. It makes me emotional when I watch it. And I'm like, okay, so we have Ben Solo now. Mm-hmm. So why don't we use <laughs> Ben Solo? He says one <laughs> word as Ben Solo. He says, ow. Which is great, but could use <laughs> yes. a little more. <laughs> and then that's it. But I'm like, what are you doing? Adam Driver is so good at selling us on Ben Solo. His demeanor shifts, yeah. the way he moves is the different. Shrug. He does the shrug, the shrug just like Han mm-hmm. when he gets a lightsaber, which is great like it's a fun scene but like you don't give us anything other than like the physical change i wanted to see what is he like give him dialogue yeah it's just like you said this should have been two movies Mm -hmm. because this is just 
it's too much jammed into one thing. There's yeah. interesting concepts in here. And if they had just said, screw it, we're not going to do a trilogy because we don't actually have to. I understand that's how they Star don't. Wars has always been. They didn't. <laughs> you could have rounded it off to a nice even 10 and told you the full story. Yeah. You could have had Kylo in movie one. He turns into Ben at the end of movie yes. one. Have Ben in movie two. Like, <laughs> Yes. If they had actually given time for things to breathe. Like this uh, Finn finding the, the other mm-hmm. stormtroopers who defected. Mm-hmm. Uh, like trying to raise up an army to go against the Sith. Like there's... There's so many things we could have done to actually make this movie work. And instead we're like, let's just go at a breakneck speed. And if no one really can focus that well, because we're going so fast all the time, we're going from place to place to place. Yeah. We're going to get away with it. But then it's, it's those, like, it's a shower thought movie. You enjoy it in the theater. You go home, you're taking a shower (laughs) to get that popcorn grease off you. And you're like, wait a second. What's that actually going on? Well, guys, did I actually like this? They were gearing up for the Disney Plus launch, all right? They had to set up all the plot lines. <laughs> My God. Yeah, all the plot so lines where the they Disney have to Plus rectify the mistakes. During that. <laughs> Yo, we got the we got the Lando show. We got oh. the Ray show. We got all the stuff out of this movie. I just, so I like, will say a comment yeah. on the bed solo. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. But I will say, I mean, all of us, right? We all love a good redemption arc. Hell yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's to gotta be good. Now. Yeah, And we've also talked about the yeah. concepts. We've talked about on this show, the concept of sacrifice. Yeah. It is an unwritten rule in Star Wars, mainly fantasy storytelling in general, yeah. that the redeemed villain is the one who gets to sacrifice himself. Because as soon as you cross that line of like actual genocide, like destroying a planet, destroying a system of planets, while you can be redeemed, we're not actually willing to forgive you. So you do have to die in the end. You yeah. do have to make that sacrifice. Otherwise, it's, it's too messy. Just so Otherwise, it, yeah. we're, like, because we're not willing to actually go through the Star Wars Nuremberg trial. Nope. <laughs> and, and see you just like go to prison and like willingly do that. No, that's why you have to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. either either have him be imprisoned at the end of this movie and he's willing to face like his own crimes or have him slink away to go be like an anti-hero on the edge yeah. of the galaxy. Like, don't just take this incredibly charismatic character who could have been in more books, mm-hmm. TV shows, animated or live action, like and you just kill him off with his only bit of dialogue being ow it's just absurd like i just i want a villain to face consequences yes or I want that like i don't know make him go down a winter soldier route where he's like oh i need to atone for the things i've done yeah. but the winter soldier while he has murdered a great deal of people i will say Was, has not committed not genocide he did not commit genocide. Yeah, no, no genocide, and he was under mind control. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's just that that felt like such a waste. Also, I'm sorry, Raylo shippers. I hate this shit. <laughs> I hate this. I don't. I don't so mind much. it. I like Ben Solo and Ray. Kylo and Ray is toxic and awful. The kiss. Yeah. They didn't need to do the kiss. 
I'm 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 neither here nor there on it. They didn't need to do the kiss. They could have just had that emotional moment where it's like we've finally forgiven each other mm-hmm. and like have we've overcome this together. Like look at how far we've come. Like I gave my life for you. And that if they had left it at that, I would not have been so mad. But the kiss just feels so off to me because I understand he's been solo now. He's not Kylo Ren. He's still a guy who like was a mass murderer and who you actively hated so much because you saw him murder Han Solo. You saw him like terrorize the galaxy. He abused you by like torturing you. Mm-hmm. It, It's just, it, I don't like those kind of relations. Like it's, it feels kind of like they're forgiving abuse too easily. Um, I don't care for it. I understand there's some people that really like uh, their pairing and their ship, but I just, I don't know. The kiss felt too far. I'm not a Raylo fan. No, not at all. I'm adamantly against it. Um, And especially, God, I don't think we've talked about this yet. why I don't ship Zuko and Katara. (laughs) What? Oh, I love Zuko and Katara. Katara, No, Zuko and Katara, I will will be here for I'm a Zutara stan. (laughs) Look, I I love Zuko. I'm here for it. I love Zuko, and he gets redeemed, and he gets his moment to, like, he finally becomes an honorable man again. But he still terrorized the Southern Water Tribe and the gang for a whole season. I'm sorry, but, like, there's too much bad blood and anger and trauma that Katara has related to the Fire Nation for me to feel okay with that. I, I can would, only see yeah. them getting together later in life. I'm definitely not an end of the series they should yes. be together person. It's like in their 30s. <laughs> yeah, no. Maybe. Ang and Katara totally end game. Zuko and Katara are just like a we got drunk one night and some weird shit happened and you know we're what? not going to regret it. They get together uh, after their when, spouses die. Yeah, after Aang <laughs> passes away, they get together in their old age and they're like, you know what? This Let's works. give it a shot. <laughs> like, yeah, we got okay. some spice. We got some sizzle here. <laughs> Poor Tenzin's right? like, you're you dating who? Mom? What? There's been right. time for people uh, to heal. Yes. But you oh. know what? If we're going to talk about romantic stuff in mm. Rise of Skywalker, one of the worst decisions that they made Ugh. is the freaking finn being like mm. ray i never told you mm-hmm. and totally set up to be this romantic reveal yeah. that we all kind of saw was coming but didn't yeah. really want to happen but man it could have happened and it would have been okay and then jj is like oh no he was gonna tell her that he's force sensitive and we're like no ray would have felt that you idiot <laughs> right <laughs> i'm down something. with ray i'm down with finn being force sensitive totally yes. down with that yes. as a concept yes Yes, totally pays off in the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Awesome <laughs> yes, special. It Check it out on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. But why are we um, making it this coy, like, ooh, I have something to tell you, but I can't tell you around right. Poe. Oh. And why couldn't he tell exactly. Poe? Poe is his best right. friend and should be lover. Poe was his boyfriend. <laughs> he would ben tell Poe po such good chemistry. <laughs> yes. They're back and forth in this. General, general. Yes. Like, they have such good Bark. moments together. Just kiss. <laughs> <laughs> just oh this movie okay okay hold on while we're talking romantic stuff i need to rant about the representation big air quotes for the listeners um that we get in this where it's like we get our first gay kiss in star wars because we had a a a lesbian kiss um Mm -hmm. yeah from a side character whose name i don't know i'm sorry i love her little i love her though um 
with her nice little haircut. What is her name? The assistant. Oh, Leia's so, like second in command. Yes, yeah. she's so. She's sweet. in my Women of Star Wars her. book, and I cannot remember her name. Yeah, she's See, so that's sweet. That's the problem. I love her. You can't remember her name, right? And she gets a kiss off, like off to the very side in the very back of the shot, and they're like, oh, "Representation, get out of my face!" That is the most insulting. Like, how dare you? After you so blatantly queer bait us with the actions of Finn and Poe in the last mm-hmm. two movies, and now you're like, "Well, no, here's Zori Bliss. You got to make sure that Finn is, or, or I'm sorry, that Poe is straight. Uh-huh. We all got to know." Poe yes. likes women. Mm. Like, that's what I felt though. like they were doing here. Because <laughs> we had spent like several years of the internet being like, they're so gay and we yeah. love it. And mm-hmm. then they're like, no, 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 straight. No, gay is Let scary. You, know. you can't do that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Even the actors wanted it. Just give us Finn and Poe making out. Yeah. 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 My God. And then so I will my say, last thing so to hate that on. That was, sorry, that was Amanda Lawrence mm-hmm. playing Commander, Dar- Commander Daisy. Thank you. Um, and Daisy, we yeah. we have no idea who who it was she was kissing. It was uh-huh. a pilot, I think, one of the pilots. Yeah, yeah. This actually no, gets no at something I mentioned a couple of pods ago. Like, it's good to have that in the background, but that's not the one you celebrate. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's good There's to populate your one. background and make that representative of mm-hmm. things so that it represents the world that we're in. Like, that's a good step. Yeah. But that's not the one thing you celebrate. It you celebrate that when so Finn much. and Post are making out. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't have bothered me so much if they didn't hype it up like, look at the representation that we did for you. Yeah. Look at that. See, exactly. we didn't give you what you've been hyped up for, but we gave you this. Are you happy now? Like, yeah, that's... it's like showing you a steak and then giving you a chicken nugget. Yeah. Like, oh. Okay, mm. like the chicken nugget's nice, but it's not <laughs> what you had like promised me. Exactly. So oh. it's not on the menu. Yeah. <laughs> And then the dagger. Are, are, are you kidding me? So many MacGuffins are, in this movie. Are you did we, kidding did me? Did we bitch that it's called a Wayfinder and not a Holocron yet? Oh no, my god! Haven't. Let's, Colleen. Let's let's say it's sorry a Holocron. Until after the dagger. We'll go to the dagger. No, I'm angry about that too. I'm angry about that too. We're going to talk about the Holocrons because it should have been a Holocron. We've already used that word in canon. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? It's even shaped like one. It's shaped like like a a damn holocron. holocron. (laughs) It looks like one. (laughs) Just say the holocron is going to lead the way. Because what do holocrons do? They hold knowledge. Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard to believe that a holocron could be a map? Just call it a holocron. Lean into your own storytelling. Lean lean into your own mythos. (laughs) No, we need to make something new, Daniel. (laughs) My God. Invent something new from nowhere, just like Exegol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like Exegol, we can't use Korriban or Mortis or these other places that we've already introduced. This but, is so the type no, of we thing. have to believe. Take off my glasses and throw them. <laughs> this is the type of thing that Colleen and I will text each other whenever we're frustrated about yes. anything. Yeah. We'll just be like, fucking Wayfinder. Fucking God, <laughs> Wayfinder. Wayfinder. <laughs> ah. Oh, this, man. The dagger, though. <laughs> the Wayfinder. Yeah, back to the dagger. <laughs> The Wayfinder annoys me that it's called that because it's just you're ignoring the canon. Mm-hmm. But at least it, it works like things we understand. This right. dagger makes no sense. No. You're telling me that 30 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever, this dude Ochi was like, oh, I've got this knife that's a map. <laughs> if you stand at the right place at the edge of this uh, Death Star ruins, 
You're telling me that the Death Star ruins sitting in an ocean aren't going to shift? Like and that Ray can stand at the exact right spot? Yes. Yeah. And one-eye willy that, that shit, yes. man. And let me yeah. just line it up. And yeah. ooh, that's where it is. That's where the treasure is. How was the dagger made? Someone had to go <laughs> scout out the wreckage I, of it. And like, ape, that's where it is. Why doesn't Builder <laughs> made the knife? <laughs> right? Why do, Why isn't there just like a data pad or something that mm-hmm. says, yo, this is where the wayfinder is? <laughs> why do we have to do this absurd knife? Like, you if don't. you're going to MacGuffin it, why does it have to be the stupidest thing? Right. Dio could have had it. No and Chewie could have had Dio in his bag. Like, that's not hard. <laughs> it's just, it's so dumb. Dio then- is not a freaking prize chihuahua, okay? <laughs> he does not get carried in a purse. I mean, that would be Maybe adorable, and I'd to love be, to watch it. If Chewie was like, can I pick you up? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so, okay, I thought of something else that really bothers me. When they're going to search for the knife, <laughs> mm-hmm. we finally see, oh, the Knights of Rin. What uh, are they doing? Nothing. Standing aggressively <laughs> on a cliff. All right, now we're on Kijimi. What are the Knights of Ren doing? Nothing. Walking aggressively through the streets. We're on a Star Destroyer. What are the Knights of Ren doing? Walking nothing. aggressively through the halls. <laughs> That's it. They just ride around from planet to planet, just polluting with their stupid little spacecraft that check your engines, boys. <laughs> oh, and then, okay, sure. They get a fight with Kyle at the end. They all just jump him. And then he's like, oh, wait, here's a lightsaber. I'm going to murder you all right away. Mm-hmm. Was I supposed to care about the Knights of Ren? Was uh... I supposed to find them intimidating? I mean, sure, they can strike a pose. Good for you. Like, get it for the camera. But like, <laughs> What are you actually doing? What are you serving? Um, you're serving me dark side realness, but it's really dark side fakeness. Um, I need you to get out of my face, Knights of Ren. I just, I don't have time for you. You're not the Praetorian Guards who were actually cool and did something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop just trying to make the Knights of Ren happen. Stop not trying to make them happen. And then, and then, Pasana, you even mm. more pissed me off so we have ray dealing with her dark side throughout Mm -hmm. this whole movie like Mm she feels that there's something there kylo at the beginning is using the dark side through vader's helmet to like manipulate ray while she's training Mm -hmm. but you can see that she's fighting this the whole movie and they're her and kylo are struggling for the ship that chewie's on Mm -hmm. and the lightning goes the shock He's not on that ship. He's not on the (laughs) ship, but we don't know that in the moment. And the shock that everyone Mm -hmm. felt. I remember that was real. My theater gasping. Yeah. And Ray is horrified. And then five minutes later, Chewie's alive. Don't worry. Everything's fine. I'm sorry. No, we find out like a minute later in the movie, like 10 minutes later, the characters find out. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You, Mm. you do. Fuck all with that scene. Like, Ray could have really dealt with the weight of the mistakes and the weight of of the responsibility that she has to resist the dark side. And you're like, nope, can't actually have stakes in this. I mean, do I want Chewie to die? No, no. I love him. He's he's just a wonderful, wonderful little Wookiee. I love him so much. Like, <laughs> protect him at all costs, but also stop baiting and switching like that yeah yeah you're like okay 
we killed off Chewie. Not really. Okay, we blew up Kajimi. Guess what? You really liked Zori Bliss and Babu Frick? They're dead now. <laughs> Wait, no, they survived. It's okay. There's no consequences, y'all. Probably everyone There's else. No we wiped three TO's memory and they're going to play it for laughs. And then he gets yes. it back. Oh okay. my God. That bothers yeah. me so much. Mm-hmm. Let there be loss. Commit like, to let it. there be. And not just small losses. Like, yes, Kylo dies, but he was the villain. So, yeah, he's probably going to die. Palpatine dies, apparently. Who knows? It's the final act of the trilogy and the final act of the saga. Let there be weight Mm -hmm. to the actions and to the choices that are being made. Mm -hmm. To play off, like, they're just like, oh, they're so blasé about uh, C-3PO. He's a sentient being. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, no, it's fine. We're just going to wipe him like no big deal. They don't even let him have the dignity of like he he tries to have that moment of I'm looking at my friends for one yes. last time. He understands the weight of the sacrifice that he's doing because he's a sentient character. Yeah. And they just play it off like it's such a joke that's oh, it's so gross. Yeah. This actually this whole thing between that, between Chewie, between Zori and Babu and everything, it actually reminds me of a pretty good scene in the Return of the King extended edition. You get the mouth of Sauron. Mm. So we're at the Black Gate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aragorn and company are outside, and this dude comes out. He doesn't have eyes. He's just this mouth <laughs> and the helmet, and he is freaking terrifying. Yeah. And he throws the mithril shirt yeah. at everybody, and it's like, oh, and he's implying, oh, yeah, Frodo, he dead now. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this and I remember seeing it in the like special edition, special features, everything. The writers are talking about it and they were like, this is a great scene in the book because everyone's reacting to Frodo's apparent death. Mm-hmm. And you as the audience in the book are also reacting to this. Right. But when you put it in the movie, you as the audience know that he is alive. Like it was the previous scene that you saw him still alive. Right. Yeah. So the stakes of that scene are effectively gone. Now, I still particularly actually really like that scene because I think the digital Mm -hmm. effects are pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, none of that emotional weight is there. So let me tell you real quick why it works in Return of the King and why it doesn't work in this. Please. If you watch that scene... I think it works because while we, the audience, know that Frodo is still alive, the characters fully do not know, and they give us time to get their reaction. Mm-hmm. And then we see, even though they think their last hope is dead, they are still willing to fight and go on. So that lets them see like what happens, and they make the choice in that moment. And I think that is the emotionally resonant for, thing for me. It's like they're still willing to fight to the last even though that they have no hope left they're still willing to do that and then like so you get a powerful emotional moment from this in this they don't really explore it you have a moment of race sulking and then they move on to make fun of c3po getting his mind wiped Mm -hmm. they don't let ray dwell on it if ray had a long serious conversation with someone where she really talks about what she's been going through with the dark side where they flesh it out and like let that moment right. breathe and don't spoil us and let us know that Chewie's alive mm-hmm. it would have been a much more emotionally resonant 
like imagine we didn't know Chewie's alive. Ray right. really has to talk to Finn in that moment about yeah. what she just went through and what she's feeling. And then when the Star Destroyer gets there and they open the door, she feels him. Yeah, that's already a lot more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just and that's when Finn could have told her that he's force sensitive. Yes, they could have had a reveal. They could moment. have had that moment there, but no. I can't tell the only Jedi that I'm force sensitive. And then, okay, one last thing, and then I swear my hate train's done. <laughs> I love a hate hey, train. You go as long as you need to so, go, man. This is fun. So at the end of Last Jedi, Luke tells Kylo, I'll see you around, kid. Mm. He never sees him again. What are we doing? That Luke, we know of. That we know of, on but screen, yeah. all we know of in that moment is what we see on screen. So show us why is Luke not showing up to Kylo to mess with him? Why is Luke not showing up to Ray? I think Luke is so underutilized in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when they knew they couldn't have Carrie. Right. Like you knew you couldn't have Carrie. You knew Harrison Ford was like, I'm only going to show up for the bare minimum of what I have to because I love Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's it. Like, so. I don't know. Maybe use your asset. It's already baked into the lore that Force Ghosts are real. Mm-hmm. So have him show up. Have him impact the story. Right. It makes no sense to me that after he has this revelation at the end of Last Jedi, that he still has power and agency and that he has the will to go help his friends and fight against the darkness. That he's just like, no, I'm going to sit back and, and just chill in, in Force Ghost heaven until... Uh, I need to give Ray a pep talk. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, sorry. uh, You're looking down. Here's an extra lightsaber. Here's a fun story about me and Leia. Deuce's kid, go fight this fight. (laughs) Peace. I don't don't know. Maybe have him around to like talk about the Jedi text with her. Just come on. He never read them. He never read them. Except I guess (laughs) he did. He could sit there and read (laughs) with her and be like, oh, so this is like I know like this some of this concepts like I don't know maybe have him be a teacher because if this is the rise of Skywalker and she at the very end of this movie is going to take the Skywalker name and mantle I don't know maybe have her interact with the Skywalker a little bit longer I know she's interacting with Leia and everything but it would have made more sense to me if she uh, said her name was Rey Organa like you barely spend time with Luke Skywalker I mean and I don't know. I just like, I understand the sentiment. I really like the idea of Ray finding her chosen family, rejecting mm-hmm. the dark side, rejecting the Palpatine uh, name and saying, no, my real family, the people who loved me and cared for me, no matter yeah, who I was and helped me yeah. and raised me were the Skywalkers. And so she's like, yeah, I'm going to take that name and continue that on. I love it on paper. And I just, it, it fell so flat in the movie because it just, the buildup to it wasn't well executed. Right. But the idea is great. Yeah. And that's solid. That's what bugs me so much with this movie. And and to sum it all up, like we've been saying, there's so many cool concepts and they just fall flat because they ran through it too fast. Mm -hmm. They do. I think that's where with this movie, it's the distinction between um, Revenge of the Sith and this movie for me. Both movies have pretty damn interesting concepts, good premises, and more or less fail on their execution. Pretty much across the board. Yeah. Which sucks. 
this one though is still kind of fun along the way like it's still got some like general disney type fun as we're going through whereas revenge of the sith is just depressing if you if you strip away everything else (laughs) revenge of the sith is is straight up depressing (laughs) i mean i don't i kind of love it for the depressing nature i think what it fits what they uh, were going for makes me (laughs) yeah I think yeah, but that doesn't make it fun to watch. Hate on this more. <laughs> yeah. What makes me hate on this more than, say, Revenge of the Sith, uh, which, I mean, I understand it has its flaws, and I am an apologist for it, though, is that one was just the end of the trilogy, and that was it. We already knew the story that came after it. Mm-hmm. So this one, though, was the closing of its trilogy the and the closing of the saga. Yeah, yeah. They put so much weight on it by doing that mm-hmm. so as a trilogy i think even though it's a or like as a trilogy ender even though revenge of the sith is kind of dark and depressing that fits for what they were going and the story they were telling right like it closed the trilogy in a way that i think makes sense for the story yeah. this one just like it doesn't really make sense for the trilogy and it doesn't make sense for the saga like it's a big old mess yeah a lot of it is a mess and all right so let's move into some of our general questions for each other here on the film i'm going to start us off here this is absolutely more of a nitpick that i am phrasing as a question but i don't care i'm still gonna do it so ray's father is a palpatine clone which once again we don't actually find out in the movie it takes supplemental materials yeah it's in the book. It's in some Sarah said that story. last week. That also dumb. Should just been his freaking grandson. It should have been his grandson. Yeah. That's what it should have been. So Sarah said last week, you, she shouldn't have to read something outside yeah. of the movie to understand the story. And I totally exactly. agree. I absolutely you shouldn't agree. have to do that. But we do find out in the novel that Ray's father is a Palpatine clone. Also, just want to shout out this movie for somehow managing to cast Jodie Comer as yes. Ray's mother for yes. the like two seconds she's on screen. Mm-hmm. Don't know how you pulled that off, JJ, but hats off to you for that. Yep. Let's waste another actress. <laughs> yep. But the fact Very that right. it's Palpatine's clone, does that not make him much closer genetically to mm-hmm. Sheev's twin brother rather than his son, which would make Ray Sheev's niece, mm-hmm. not his granddaughter? Yeah. I mean, I don't we're know why I am so. I don't know why I am so willing to die on this hill, this but I am. Time. We're <laughs> getting like into Boba. the Boba semantics. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Colleen is yeah. Boba Jango's son, or is he his genetic clone brother? Mm-hmm. I say brother. That's me. But right. If, but if we're Raven clawing this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so while yes, like on a genetic level, they are like closer to like they would be closer to brothers it's yeah. about i think the relationship and how you're raised so that's why i'd say like no that's boba's lord they don't have boba's a relationship father. no yeah Pal- boba and, and his clone son are no some i would that would that's a book i would read for <laughs> palpatine's a... clone son trying to make his way in the galaxy <laughs> my papa is son, terrible that is a and he's gonna sitcom. send me this <laughs> that would be amazing you're like so i'm a clone mm, that's harsh like we get no relationship other than Palpy is willing to go send a, an ugly, ugly alien assassin to stab his son to death when he can't find the, their kid. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
would have been All much right. more believable if it were oh actually like Palpy Fox. And, you know, he yeah. had a concubine and she got pregnant and he was like, huh, maybe if I had an heir or something. On that lake country and <laughs> yeah. Naboo, man. Seriously. Yeah. Hide, hide maybe, them away on Naboo. It would be Maybe super he was believable. trying to have a force sensitive heir who was like going to be powerful in the force or something. Mm-hmm. Makes and could more be spare body parts like... if he needed them. Yeah. Also, why did yeah. they let the clone go? Like, oh, yeah, you're right? you're like defective right. or whatever. Let's just dispose of you. I don't know. Whole other yeah. stuff that we. All right, getting into a slightly <laughs> more serious, like maybe a little consequential conversation here. Mm-hmm. What happened to Luke's green lightsaber? Like, why are we still <laughs> focused? Why are we still focused on Anakin's? Right. Luke had his own. Yeah. That's with his. He built it clothes. with his own two hands. Well, one hand and a mechanical hand. Yeah. Where? It's on Octo. I mean, it's with him. It's on Octo. Like, yeah. he's like, oh, here's Leia's saber. Go take that. Ray was somehow able to repair the Anakin saber, but she doesn't get the Luke Green one. Looks like yes, you can't okay. have mine. <laughs> Hold on. That bothers me too. Why are we repairing the saber after we saw it broken? Like, the whole thing was about letting go of the, the past. Mm. what the details on that are more in the book absurd absurd (laughs) ray gets that awesome yellow lightsaber at the end of this movie why didn't she make it for herself in between movies it would have been so cool for her to have her own unique saber for the last movie yeah agree (sighs) all right my last question this is one of the biggest fan service moments (laughs) in this entire movie and i'm curious what y'all's thoughts are on it personally I do enjoy it for the sake of it being kind of fun. The execution of it, again, not necessarily that great, but Chewie finally gets his medal. (laughs) Chewie finally gets his medal. It's Hans. I mean, Leia gives him Hans' medal, which is very I don't care. Chewie finally gets a medal, and he... Where do we stand on this part? Like The fact that he gets it from Leia is meaningful and that it yeah. was Hans. Like this is Leia giving Chewie something that he should have gotten anyway. I mean, he should have. I like I, that part. Yeah. But the sentiment behind it is nice, but it's not presented well enough for mm-hmm. me to be like emotionally invested in that moment. How do we feel about the leak of the Trevorrow script? So the duel of fates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for people that don't really remember, um, the the long and short of it is Finn and Rose were going to be on a mission to Coruscant where they were going to be leading a stormtrooper rebellion and lighting a beacon that would kind of, uh, you know, alert the galaxy of what's going on because the first order has shut down communication between systems mm-hmm. to try and like stamp down any rebellion. Um, Kylo would have been the big bad. The whole arc around him would have been the fight for his soul. Ray is still trying to bring him back to the light. And they eventually go to Mortis where they would have a duel like of the fates to decide who was going to uh, survive and and Kylo would pass away he would have like this insane um like dark side creature that was on Mustafar that like gave secrets of the dark side to Vader and to Palpatine that would have like given Kylo visions of the first like of how to lead the first order and stuff like there's a lot of interesting concepts in there and um kind of makes me upset that like <laughs> why why did Disney feel the need to go? No, this isn't a good idea. Like That—that so much is what like I wanted from this movie, mm-hmm. and yeah, like I get it was a first draft, but 
bring some people in to touch it up or something. I don't know, but it looked it, like from everything that we got, it, it sounded so great. What were we doing? <laughs> Andrew, is you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I'll start us off on this. And yeah, I'll give it the caveat that this was a first draft. Again, Colin Trevorrow wrote this script, was supposed to direct this movie, and then they brought in JJ to do it after he parted, after Colin parted with Disney over creative differences. And, you know, scripts will go through any number of revisions. Movies will go through total rewrites during the editing process. Yeah. Like they will just reorder everything and make it seem totally different than what was on screen. So no guarantee that that's what we would have ultimately gotten. Right. Uh, that being said, I mean, we could have gone to Mortis. <laughs> yeah, we could we could have gone to Mortis. So and we apparently, didn't. apparently, the idea is that Ray was looking for her own way to end the Jedi and the Sith. Uh, so it sounds like they might have leaned into a little bit more of like the Source. Yeah, yeah. Now like, uh, the center of the Force and things. Everything going on in this in this particular script, I have to believe like. 60% of it would have been cut because a lot is going on yeah, <laughs> in right. that script. Yeah. But I mean, just instantly the title sets it above Rise of Skywalker. Oh gosh, right? mm-hmm. yeah. Star Wars, Duel of the Fates, like paying off things from the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Absolutely set it up. Um, I haven't read the actual script. I know it, I'm pretty sure it's leaked out there. So you could actually read through the whole thing. Yeah, I've, I've only, only read, read the highlights. The summary, yeah. You know, Finn doing the Stormtrooper Rebellion. I'm into that idea. Although I would like, I would have liked him to be with the main trio for the bulk of the movie. Because yeah, we said it last time. The trio doesn't really get a scene anywhere mm-hmm. where it matters in this. And they in do this have stuff. good chemistry in yes. this movie. Mm-hmm. Why they do. I just don't buy the relationship. exactly right why did you make us wait this long Um, to get this because they're fun yeah we almost believe it because the actors have such good chemistry with each other right but yep the characters Uh, you're like oh all right i guess (laughs) the idea of this like beacon calling the galaxy to war being in the jedi temple to me is a little meh just because i know the backstory of the specific jedi beacon that's like on a secret frequency that only they can access Mm -hmm. Um, shouts out to Obi-Wan Kenobi, Caleb Dune. <laughs> oh, little Caleb. Love him. Yeah. Love little him. Little Caleb being like, could you, uh, uh, could you just tell them to stay yeah, away? Yeah, shouldn't we? That not. Yeah. Though? So, yeah. Anders, that's like one of the little things. Like, yeah, bring someone in to touch it up where we're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're going exactly. to like a, a communications hub on Coruscant. Makes sense. It's yeah. the capital planet of the galaxy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. First order. That is not their capital. That's true. Oh, I mean, you know, like Hossein Prime is gone now. <laughs> yeah, Hossein Prime's gone. Coruscant is still there. I mean, at least they would have the infrastructure to deal with that situation. Yeah. I I am furious that we didn't get a lot of the elements that were in the Trevor script. Force oh, and Luke would have haunted Kylo. Haunting Kylo. Yes. I would have been so here for Mark Hamill's performance of that. He would have slayed. Can you imagine poor Kylo's like trying to take a freaking sonic shower? Oh, here's Uncle Luke to bother you. I can you imagine yet again. Mark Hamill behind uh behind 
Kylo just be like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Yes. I'm not touching you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or having imagine? him appear if one of the like Imperial officers moves and there's Luke and yeah. Kylo's like, oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine like a shower, like a, uh, or like a mirror jump scare yeah. where like Kylo's brushing his teeth mm-hmm. and he like leans Dead down and stuff. Luke's just there. <laughs> I'm here for it. I am here for Luke just like hazing the crap out yeah. of Kylo. And just being there and being like, he's the one who's trying to turn Kylo back. Like, I'll be seeing you, kid. Would make sense then. Yes. So many things in the Trevorrow script at least tried to pull in elements from The Last Jedi, which is what I liked. And I was like, okay, please give us something like this. Rose got something to do. Yeah, Rose was going to be instrumental to to Finn's story. Mm -hmm. And Finn got something to do. Yes. Besides stand around yelling Ray. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. as we we talked about the issues with with John Boyega being sidelined with mm-hmm. each successive movie. Yep, mm. hate it. And he could have shined so yeah. well because he has such good moments, like little moments with the cast, where mm-hmm. like he gets little quips back and forth, or they just have little side conversations. And like you can see, John Boyega's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Like he's got good chemistry with people. He's charismatic. Mm-hmm. Let him Absolutely. actually say something other than yeah. Ray. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. So getting out of our untouchables unbearables <laughs> questions a little bit. This movie had a pretty unique job. So this movie mm-hmm. was attempting to close a trilogy and close a nine film saga. Mm-hmm. As such, there wasn't really as much it could do to expand the franchise because there was supposedly nothing coming after this in this particular story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it does do a few things. It really does build on the idea of Palpatine's backup plans upon backup plans. We find out in the yeah. Aftermath trilogy that Palpatine had this whole plan to basically seed the First Order um, out in the Unknown Regions in the event of his death because he didn't want the empire as it existed to outlive him. If he goes, Mm -hmm. then it goes as well. Now we find out even on top of that, there was another backup plan. If the first order doesn't necessarily go as planned, we have this final order with a brand new, once again, brand new, even though that there were a couple of solid candidates there, Corban, Morban, you know, Malachor, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, we get the planet Exegol as a home world for the Sith out in the unknown regions, supposedly the birthplace of the dark side. Given how hard it is to get there, it's almost like a Mortis yeah. comp. Yeah, between very the much two. like Mortis. Yeah. Poor Palpy and all of his backup plans. <laughs> you know, That'll most work. of them worked. I will say most of them came through. Yeah, I mean, Operation Cinder also was devastating to certain planets. I would like to see more of that. Where's Thrawn? (laughs) We're going to find that out, hopefully, in the Ahsoka show. (laughs) The next step we have is we have Death Star tech, but put it on a ship. Because we just can't stop doing super weapons, and we apparently can't have an original thought. Well, well, hey, I mean, we brought it down the to the battering. <laughs> we brought it down to the size of a battering ram for Last Jedi. Now it's like, okay, we managed to miniaturize it, so let's put it on a ship. It's just like we're gonna keep on doing stakes and stakes and stakes until it's like, 
I've got a lightsaber Death Star cannon. Like, <laughs> hey, one of the in one of the comics, they do put a lightsaber into a blaster, and it becomes a lightsaber gun, and that is really cool. <laughs> I mean, that does sound kind of cool. It's not nearly as absurd as let's no. put the Death Star, <laughs> but on a Star Destroyer. Yeah, that is pretty wild. But then we're gonna build thousands of them, tens mm-hmm. of thousands. Yeah, so yeah, funny. like come on. They've been like, we have three or we have five. That's a lot. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. Five super like, weapons, Star Destroyers surrounded by smaller ones. 10,000 cool. Star Destroyers. Like, what? The stakes are absurd now. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's way too OP now. It's just, just... We're going to blow up every sun and every, like, in every solar system. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. If I can't have it, nobody can flip Unless stable. you give me a billion space credits. Like, what are we doing? Okay, so the other thing about this, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask the question now. <laughs> Colleen, you are probably the one to, to answer this. God. Knowing that the actual, like, ruling of the galaxy was kind of secondary to Palpatine. Like, he really just wanted to be undisturbed so he could probe the dark side. Yes. This seems a little too, like, I want to control everything. Yes. I mean, I think he did want that level of control, but he was way more interested in his own happenings. Like, he he wanted to live forever. Like, that was his Voldemort-y quest, was to live forever as the role of one and to have his underlings doing all of his bidding so he didn't have to. Like then, every leader yeah. wants to delegate down. He does not want to have to do any paperwork. But yeah, in this the, one, yeah. this is like, I can understand in the novel when they say it's a clone. So it makes it more reasonable mm-hmm. that is this isn't Palpatine. It's his brain fried. Like this is his, this is your brain on drugs. This is Palpatine <laughs> stripped of almost everything except that maniacal lust for power. I can see that, but they didn't explain it in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's different yep. from like any other Palpatine. And him hanging off of that thing, you guys, I was like, is this alien resurrection? Like what is happening? Like, what are we I doing? I actually like to look at that, I won't lie. It looks cool, but then I was like, but why? And then they don't tell you why. <laughs> All right. Um we have Leigh becoming Ray's teacher, which excellent. Plus, we get that little background on her training after she does the space flight last movie. Like, yeah, it's fine. And then we also get light speed skipping, which Poe does with the Falcon and Ray gets mad. That is one of the believable scenes when they're fighting about that when they get back. Okay, I like their interaction together when like they have the argument about it. Mm-hmm. But light speed skipping, like, how do you guys feel about this? Because this felt too Guardians of the Galaxy for me. It looked cool, not sure about the concept. <laughs> yeah, knowing how dangerous it is to go into light speed without your proper coordinates and everything, the idea that you're just like popping in and out is Yeah. Not good. It's one of those things it, where it it's didn't like feel if like you Star actually Wars. if yeah. you actually calculate the odds, it's you're probably fine, but it's just so much of a risk to try and to try and do it. Yeah. They had a Chiss Skywalker, maybe they could have done it. Mm -hmm. Or a High Republic Wayfinder. Or a. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yes. (laughs) All right. That I can accept. (laughs) Something, so something this movie actually does a lot of, and 
pretty much every Star Wars movie will do this to a degree is build on our concept of the force and force abilities. This movie actually does a lot, whether it explains it all or not. Colleen, what is uh, something that this movie does to build on our knowledge of the force? All right, so first we have essence transfer. It's very glossed over, but how Palpy's soul basically is in this new body. He's just been transferring it from clone to clone. Plus, this is where what he's doing when he drains Ray and Kylo. He's pulling their essence from them to aid in his own healing, which is creepy. That part was well done. Yeah, super creepy. Also, what after he does this, Palpatine, in addition to getting a nice new wardrobe out of the deal, like he, when he's in those like lush like red robes, I'm like, <laughs> all right, dude, I see, I see you. It looks flash. Yeah. Yeah. Resurrection, but make it fashion. Exactly. His force lightning gets a serious upgrade when oh. he's like back to full power. Like mm-hmm. goes from just spending several minutes trying to take out Luke to taking out fleets of ships. He just yeah. pumps it up there and he is all of this power personified. Mm-hmm. And I think he's getting a boost because he's in like the hub of the dark side, which is an interesting concept to explore, maybe actually explore it, but like that would make sense. He's in the heart of the dark side. Of course, he's going to be powered to the max to do something like that. I thought that looked amazing in theaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looked really cool. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we also have the dyad in the force. So it's two beings who are one in the force. They are connected uh, across like the galaxy to the point where they can communicate as we saw in Last Jedi. And then in this, I love how they expand it forward. We see that they can duel each other through mm-hmm. this connection. Uh, Kylo was able to grab the necklace off Ray and tell that they were on Pasana. Uh, they were able to exchange goods in between it. When Ray hands Kylo the lightsaber through the Force, mm-hmm. amazing. I thought that was one of the well done things I do in this. Is show don't tell, but yeah. enough that you can understand the escalation. Like you see it escalate across the two movies. And so it doesn't feel forced when they pass that lightsaber because you've built to it. Mm-hmm. So that I thought was very well done in this movie. I agree. Because they started with their mind connection in Force Awakens mm-hmm. and then it kept going. Like, yes, yeah. this is how you do a story thread. That's exactly. how that works. Next, we have ghosts interacting with the physical world with Luke grabbing the saber. That was cool. Like, all right, Luke, major flex. A little bit of a flex. We saw Yoda in the last movie, like, call mm-hmm. down the lightning or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's still, like, more manipulation of things, whereas this was right. Luke just, like, straight up, hand out, yeah. grabbing it yeah, out of the air. Touch it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then what are the newer Force abilities we get here? And I say newer because was a little bit after The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. We get Force healing. Mm-hmm. Ray heals that giant snake thing i'm sorry i've already forgotten like what it's called introducing the concept that she transferred some life energy via the force to it to heal it Mm -hmm. and then obviously she heals ben later who then does the ultimate gives all of his life force to resurrect her later Mm -hmm. um and i remember the week that this movie came out there was this like statement out from Disney that was like, make sure you watch the Mandalorian 
before yeah. you go see Force Awakens. <laughs> and it was because Grogu does the magic hand thing and heals <laughs> Grief Karga in that episode. He does the Force healing. Love and I that mean, <laughs> it's a great, oh, it's a great moment. But, you know, this is a power from Legends canon finally coming into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And it was a great, it is a great moment. It's a good power to bring into the canon. Makes you think about a few times throughout the series that this mm-hmm. could have come in handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such as when many people lose hands. So or die. By or straight up die. Well, if you want to resurrect somebody, I think you have to give your whole life yeah, the whole force life. to them. So maybe not. But people who are like lying there on the brink, like surrounded by jedi Mm. maybe you could have done it i don't know so they don't hint at well they they do hint at it but they don't explicitly say that ray learns this from the old jedi text and that could have been something that would have been interesting to delve into but like these are jedi texts that the jedi of the republic that we see in the prequels didn't have access to they didn't know these secrets anymore Mm -hmm. um and it would have been a good way to be like they have moved on from the original way the Jedi should have been, it would have been another good lesson, like Luke's lesson on the hubris of the Jedi. Like, yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to lead; you're supposed to heal. Like that. Yeah, use protect. Use the story. I'm begging you. Actually, use a story and not MacGuffins. <laughs> they don't want to do that, Daniel. Speaking of MacGuffins, <laughs> this one is not a MacGuffin. This one is actually really cool. The yellow lightsaber color. Yeah, this is the color of the Jedi Sentinels. Usually the saber color was wielded by the Jedi Temple guards. So when Rey ignited her saber, it was so exciting to see a new saber color again. This color is meant to represent the balance of combat skills and scholarly pursuits. Perfect for Rey. I just wish she had had that since the beginning of the movie. Like that would have been so cool to have her have her own unique lightsaber for the last movie. Details in the books. the details you're missing see my extended works <laughs> yeah no no thank you mm-hmm. so we get the all the jedi uh live in you and i like i am all the sith moment yeah. uh so we see that there's a like it, it's kind of a mantle you are in like you have a little bit of that order still in you um how did how did you guys interpret this um, because are we talking like Avatar The Last Airbender? All of them are living in you, like as in your spirit, uh, and you're the current like manifestation, or is this like a more of a metaphorical thing, like the philosophy and the tradition lives on through its practitioners? So at the time, I had no idea how to take it. Another, qu- another unbearable for this movie for right. not explaining <laughs> what the heck they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thinking about it a little bit more, I think this is definitely more metaphorical. And again, this is something that they are attempting to make happen via extended works. Colleen, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you've read all the High Republic material. Daniel, I don't know if you touched on that stuff yet. Uh, I've read Light of the Jedi. I've not moved on to Into the Dark yet. Because this reminds me of the crossing the uh, the arch. And, you know, do they ever cross the arch how do they ever cross the arch alone? Or why does no one cross the arch alone? And, you know, the ultimate answer is that all those previous Jedi are in fact with, with you, you as you go through in the force. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. playing out yeah. a little bit more can... literal here. Yeah. 
I don't think uh, it's like the Avatar where you can just go back and chat with people unless right. they're a force ghost. In Ray's case, I think she's like literally calling for help. She's sending out the SOS. Yeah. And every Jedi within the force, the living force, is answering her back. Whereas Palpatine so... is forcing the other Sith, I think, to be within him. So this is, is how I... Idea. Yeah, this is how I kind of interpret it. Like you guys are saying that metaphorical... Uh, like you're a continuance of the tradition and everything. I like the idea of Ray calling out for help and then lifting her up. And like they are working together, uh, you know, in, in the way that the light side should. While like you were saying about Palpatine, it is much more corrupted. Like he is the culmination of this grand Sith plan where they continually murder their masters when they become stronger. And so he's like the highest on this food chain of like a thousand years of of this practice so it, his is a much more dark and twisted version of like no i'm the strongest one of mm -hmm. us all like instead of the communal nature of yeah. uh of the jedi all the other sith are like giving him the finger as they're right <laughs> as they're like lending him his power they're like fuck off palpatine <laughs> you Wish already died where's your freaking yeah. student right Oh, you killed him too. Interesting. Yes. So in just a straight up show of power, when Ray is running that training course at the beginning of the movie here, she does like a lightsaber boomerang throw. We have seen a couple of times some Jedi, as they call their lightsaber to them, they'll like try and activate it as it's coming up. We haven't really seen anyone throw it like this, though, and then just, like, stick their arm out and expect it to come back in the right position. Chops down, like, three or four trees in the process. Right. Mm -hmm. But she is flexing with that yeah. power. Mm -hmm. The saber throw is a staple of the video games, but, yeah, it's not something we see, really, in actual canon materials. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I thought the, that was uh, nice to see on screen. One that comes back. Yes, yeah, the Inquisitors are about the only ones that really we see doing that. And they even, theirs are a little bit different because I have to feel like their lightsabers are mechanically yeah. keeping Yeah, they're mechanically lit. aided. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was nice to see this on screen. Uh, it looked cool. Mm -hmm. Ray looks cool through the whole movie. Yeah. I'm not mad about pretty much anything Ray does or Daisy Ridley. I think she's Except kiss Kylo movie. for fuck's sake. No, I mean, right. They at least sold the moment. Like they are yeah. they're acting no, they didn't. so well in this movie. I thought it was I thought it was very believable. Like, and then he's like shocked. He's like, holy shit, a girl is kissing me. Oh my god. <laughs> that part I believed that they would be super awkward and yeah. The actors know, do yeah. a good job of selling it, even if I don't like yeah, them. Even if it. we don't want it. <laughs> no, thank you. We don't want it. But you're doing a good job, kids. Keep going. And um, while we praise Ray one second, I just want to mm -hmm. say her outfit in this. I love her Jedi robes. Yeah. Like she it, looks it, good. Nice callback to her, uh, her look on, uh, on Jakku. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she makes it work for her, which is nice. Because right? a lot of the Jedi just wear like the standard Jedi robe. Right. And Leia's like, Leia. Ray's like, no, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it's my unique thing. I like it a lot. She looks good. This one is interesting. Please give us Quinlan Voss. Ray grabbing mm -hmm. the dagger and feeling the pain from it. This is psychometry yes. on screen. So thank you for that. Give us Davi Diggs as Quinlan Voss, and we will forgive <laughs> you for this movie. 
Oh, that would be so cool. Mm-hmm. I want that mm-hmm. a lot now. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've discussed before earlier in the episode, Kylo uses that force time connection where he places his hand on the helmet of Darth Vader and he uses their dyad connection to like push the dark side and negative emotions towards Ray when she's training and she's getting frustrated and angry and she's lashing out, causes the tree to fall on uh, BB-8. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really interesting how you can push like your emotions and those feelings across the connection where it's not just, you know, words and, and visuals. It's, you can actually transmit that, that power, which I thought was a, a fascinating uh, expansion of it. Mm-hmm. Very Palpatine-esque in that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that is going to end our main discussion on this movie. <laughs> But before we head out, we are going to transition into our recommendations. So, Colleen, if you're a fan or just a general Star Wars fan, not necessarily of Rise of Skywalker, what are some uh, things that you might enjoy? Well, this book is not on fire like the Millennium Falcon is. It's on fire, like, for a good reason. Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse. Like, yes, more from her, please. She's fantastic. It's a really great read. It takes place between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Has some excellent Leia and Rose content that this movie lacked. Not a lot of Rey, which is fine because we get to pivot to other characters. Finn and Poe prove in this book why they should be in a couple mm-hmm. as they go on a frantic mission to try and secure more ships for the Resistance amazing they go to a dinner party and have to dress up together what they have like a montage of getting ready for a party together (laughs) my whole heart in this book is i am about to go write some fanfic about this (laughs) it's fantastic i think that is basically what roan horse was doing she's like f y'all pin and forward dating hard we're gonna give it to you in this book Oh, it's, it's just so good. I love it. So, well, I mean, if only, if only Disney would let that happen. We do also get Poe's character development in this book, his guilt over his role in the deaths of so many pilots in The Last Jedi. And we get great moments with him and his X-Wing crew. Like we nice. get to see him being the squadron commander. That's and his, awesome. His I pilots are hysterical. Like give us more of these people. And then I have to end my recommendations with another series ender that royally pissed me off the last battle by c.s lewis which ended the chronicles of narnia Mm. susan isn't there at the end because she She doesn't like boys and makeup yeah she doesn't get to go that's so absurd because she became a woman i guess (laughs) doesn't Mm. so how dare you be a person yeah seriously oh no she doesn't get to go on the last mission and be with them basically in heaven because she likes boys and makeup Mm. what a lovely message everything's fine with c.s lewis yeah (laughs) read the hobbit and lord of the rings instead people oh man so i don't know if i can recommend those but okay (laughs) (laughs) so i uh i started our recommendations for a new hope all the way back with this game I love, Mass Effect, and I talk so greatly about how everyone needs to play it, how much I love it. Well, I'm here to let you know that the ending of Mass Effect 3, the trilogy closer, was not well received when it came out. And so everyone should play it. 
I I don't think it's as bad as this movie at all. Um, <laughs> though it does have a controversial ending. Mm-hmm. Though this game got to do something better than Rise of Skywalker did. They added in a um, a bunch of downloadable content that fleshed out the ending and actually explained things. What a novel concept. Um, now, if you want a good satisfying conclusion to a popular uh, saga, I recommend personally watching Avengers Endgame after you've watched all of the other MCU movies because that is a very satisfying way to close a story arc. Mm-hmm. Oh, not Game of Thrones season eight? Oh, yeah, no, nope. <laughs> not Far From Home? Hey, I mean, hey, Far From Home is a great movie, but I mean, if you're talking like the real... <laughs> like capping of of that story yeah, yeah. oh the capping oh <laughs> he's on the moon oh, yeah. caps on the moon but sure, yeah if we do sure want to talk is, bad endings sure game of thrones season eight bad endings <laughs> yep there we go <laughs> anders what about yours i have certain things from season eight that i will be an apologist for not the well, overall thing two. but <laughs> episode two is like what we get <laughs> oh, episode two is amazing anyway all right so As I always do, I recommend the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker. In particular, this one is actually labeled the extended edition. (laughs) It is by Ray Carson. A lot of really good details in this movie, including a lot more about Ray's inner struggles, a lot more about her lightsaber, like why she was able to repair Anakin slash Luke's saber and not necessarily finish her own. Um, a little bit more about the construction of her own and why the handle absolutely feels more like her bow staff. It's a lot bigger and bulkier than most sabers we've seen. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, as a complete series, even though it's technically not done yet, I got to recommend going to Netflix and checking out the Tales of Arcadia trilogy. This is a trilogy of shows. Uh, You have Troll Hunters, Three Below, and Wizards that are produced by DreamWorks and from Guillermo del Toro. (laughs) A seriously cool blend of sci-fi and fantasy, an incredibly sprawling cast of characters, beautiful animation, um, very interesting overall story arc and several interconnected mini arcs. In addition to those shows, uh, this July, there's set to be a film, a giant crossover movie across all three called Rise of the Titans coming out on Netflix. That sounds cool. Uh, it's This was one of my quarantine finds. And I got to say, guys, it's it's such a good classic story. Adding it to the queue of never ending things. Right. <laughs> All right, and that is where I think we are going to leave it for today. So thank you all for joining us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever it is. Hit that follow button. Leave us a five-star review. Help us, like, you know, beat that algorithm a little bit. Mm-hmm. Check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find myself and Colleen on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast, where we are currently diving into Star Wars Rebels. And then you can find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And then tune in again next time, where we'll take a little bit of a break from the films and have a special bonus episode looking at how Disney has expanded the Star Wars franchise ever since buying it back in 2012. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Wait, actually, I have a million more points. We're going to keep recording. <laughs>
Sorry, Daniel, we have to leave time for Colleen to have a million points about Rebels. You know what? That's fair. I would much rather talk about Rebels. <laughs> a perfect series. <laughs> mm.